I'm looking for similarities in the way troublemakers think. This is Steve St. Clair, co-founder of Trouble Group. Join us as we learn from others who are shaking things up. Sometimes a CEO's career is built brick by brick. I'm sure many of my listeners will identify with this. You start off in one line of business, you pick up some good skill sets, then you move to two or three other sectors, never realizing that someday all these lines of business might converge into your dream company. My next CEO, entrepreneur, and disruptor lives in England, running the company that he founded to shake up the loyalty rewards sector. The entire consumer loyalty market worldwide is valued at more than $4 billion U.S. dollars, and it's expected to surpass $18 billion by the end of 2028. That's from a 2022 article by Statista. The company is Reward the World. The CEO is Denis Urey. Welcome, Denis. Thank you so much, Steve. So, Denis, tell me a little bit about your background. I have a technical and marketing background. Worked with many software companies in a B2B side initially, then more consumer you know, working with companies like Computer Associates, Claris. Then when I moved to the video game side, it was companies like Interplay, most of them based in the US. And then over my career, I gained pretty strong expertise in content licensing on a global basis. But ultimately, my true passion is marketing, understanding what makes people tick. And it's a mix of psychology and anthropology. That's really what I like to read about, that's the environment I like to work in. My other key interest is technology, as it allows smaller companies to compete against large one with very reasonable budget. And I think it's a major shift we have in the last two decades. And I think technology brings innovation, and then all these technology also allow an acceleration in the innovation to bring new products and service in a business model. So that's a very exciting. Yeah, I've seen a, a phrase called force multiplier. Yeah. And I think that's, you know that phrase, obviously. And uh, Absolutely. basically this, this technology revolution we're going through gives, it, it evens the playing field, is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. You know, I think the arrival of the computer chip of increase in terms of speed, you know, I, I don't think there's any comparison in terms of development in the world between, you know, in the last 40 years. I'm interested to know in 100 years what it would say about the time we're in. But, you know, the, the computer chips and processors have increased in speed tremendously. So that has bring a lot of new opportunities. And then you get the internet which bring another set of opportunities. And we'll get quantum technology or quantum computers, which are also going to bring the next stage. I don't see the acceleration reducing. Right. I think it's going to continue potentially. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your company, Reward the World. Yes. What inspired you to jump into this? Well, first of all, you have to realize that Reward the World is actually the third iteration of the same project. So we set up the first version, one of our clients' requests, 
And then we spin off that activity. We became another company. And then we reset the company last year to move to the next stage. The original idea was to provide micro instant rewards globally for loyalty program, employee recognition program, and plenty of other marketing activities. You have to realize in the loyalty world, around 30% of points, loyalty points are never redeemed, which is a key challenge for program managers, but also for company. Being in the entertainment content sector, it led us to very quickly realize the digital aspect of the content was allowing the instant delivery on a global basis. You know, first client we were working with, they were not shipping any rewards in less than seven days. Wow. Today, everything is instant. Also, we believe digital entertainment allowed to profile user more efficiently than any other type of purchase as it touched the passion of people. And for rewards to be effective, it needs to touch the users, the consumer emotionally, if you want to create the link between consumer and the brands. So as I very often say, tell me what you read, watch, and listen, and I'll tell you who you are. Right. We have now science who can tell me what's your favorite music artist. I can guess your age probably within two, three years gap. So you imagine the other technology we have to understand people. You know, a lot of people talk about profiling users or consumer based on their purchase pattern, but I don't know. You know, if you go in retail, everybody needs food. So what does the type of food you're eating tells you about the people? You know, I'm not sure. But when you talk about digital entertainment, it tells you a lot. Tell me a little bit about the consumer experience. Yeah. Originally, most reward program were including merchandise, which the program was sending their post, and it was long before Amazon. So now that Amazon put the pressure on that category. When you're on the digital side, people will come and redeem content from our platform directly, like they do on iTunes or Google Play. You download a music track, an album, you stream a film. We use all the latest and greatest technology to deliver the content. But most of the program today are still using gift cards. A gift card is a very frustrating mm. experience. You'll go online, redeem your gift card for, I don't know, Starbucks, and then you have to go to Starbucks and get your coffee. Or you'll get an Amazon gift card and you have to go to Amazon. So now you could do that online, of course. But, you know, many retailer, you know, it's a two, three steps process. And you don't know actually what the consumer is actually going to redeem. So the quality of the data is a lot lower than when you offer something that people can directly redeem online. And of course, we do that across all platforms and on a global basis. But most of these programs, you know, the gift card, the Starbucks card, we had this kitchen drawer that was overflowing with stuff as usual and we would put them in there and then 18 years later we might find them again yes and try to redeem them so that's <laughs> you know that's a little bit a uh, little bit of latency built in there just realized in the u.s alone each american is probably a member of i think it's an average of 
14 to 16 loyalty program, okay? And each loyalty program is its own silo. So you can't send your point from one program to another. These type of things start coming and we'll, you know, we'll bring that to market also. But so there's very little fluidity of the loyalty point. And then, as I was mentioning, 30% of the points are never redeemed, which is a key challenge for the loyalty program as it creates unredeemed value for the balance sheet is terrible. So if someone comes in and they're got it, I assume this is all uh, delivered through your website, correct? So yeah. if they come in, yeah. do they have a wall of things they can choose from? Absolutely. So they have as many categories as we have on rewardtheworld.com or that the white label version of our service provide to specific clients. And they can redeem everything instantly. It's pick and choose. And your point wallet is automatically deducted from the value of the items you've redeemed. And if you don't have enough points, you can always put your bank card and be charged. What challenges as a business did you have to navigate? First of all, let's understand where we're coming from. We released the first version of our platform in 2009. Nobody was talking about API or very few people. And very few people were talking about SaaS solutions. So everything was in its infancy. It was very challenging for us to put together a catalog of content which was significant enough to run a business. Today, we have over 60 million references, and all that is provided through API from our partners and suppliers. Also, we had a number of roadblocks in terms of technology. For example, you couldn't download music directly on an iOS device. So now these type of things are possible, and of course, we've implemented them. The second part is also most reward program around the world were all about accumulating points. Right. That was great. But then the Generation Z arrived. And my girls are from Generation Z, so they don't know what's a DVD, pretty much. They've always been on the internet. So it's changing the paradigm from loyalty to engagement. And that's a major movement in the loyalty industry. Generation Z is not interested in collecting points. They're interested to be rewarded instantly on the device they're using, so usually mobile, and from first purchase. The time or you collect points until you get enough to get a free hotel night or free flight, I wouldn't say it's over because there's still a number of frequent flyers, but a lot of consumer goods loyalty program have adapted to that or still adapt. Then we had the COVID crisis, which was a major challenge for companies in the way they were relating to their customers or even to their employees. But also they had a good thing about it, which everybody was starting consuming heavily digital entertainment online. So we were in a, in a good spot suddenly. Prior to the COVID, we're not on top of priority list of companies. Now we're on the top of the priority list. So now the key challenge we're seeing coming 
On one side is the move of digital entertainment from a single purchase to a subscription purchase. And in our business, we're all about data. Now, if someone subscribes to uh, Netflix or Spotify, I actually don't know what they consume. Right. So I have less data. And that's what we call the walled garden. So we'll have to come up with solutions which address that because we need to increase the quality of data we provide our client and not reduce it. The other big challenge will be what we call the cookie apocalypse. Right. It's changed everything. Suddenly, Google will remove third-party cookies and people who advertise won't know how to track users. So in terms of user experience, it's going to change everything. But also how you market product and services, that's going to totally change. And, you know, if you see right now a number of CPG companies are moving, I think Nike is a good example, Mm. the transition they've done from selling through retail versus selling direct, it's massive. Yeah. Uh, And they have a good, Nike has good success. You know, it's a challenge for some other companies. So I think that's two of the big challenges we're facing. Tell me a little bit about the market in digital rewards or in the reward business. Did this, did this start with the airlines? That was my perception of it. I think your first major client was in, and still is Intercontinental Hotel Group. We've worked with them for over 12 years. Their challenge was to be able to address this mid-market with people not earning enough points to have significant rewards. So that was back in 2010, okay? And then some airline tried, not all of them succeeded. Now, a lot of what we hear about digital rewards is usually about digital gift cards, okay? So we have a bit of a positioning fight explaining that digital entertainment is actually really digital. A gift card, digital gift card is just a way of delivery. You deliver the gift card either digitally or physically. Now, in terms of the loyalty market in general, the US market has always been more advanced. And in Europe, the UK was probably the more advanced of the European countries. And then from there, it spread to the other European countries, Asia, Latin, the other region. But the loyalty business is a US business initially, and in Europe, mainly UK. Right, okay. What were your big breakthroughs? You know, as I mentioned, we arrived in the market early. When we restructured the business last year, you know, I'll mention these breakthroughs because sometimes the most obvious bring you, you, you don't integrate them up to a point where you have to evolve. So one of the major one is actually innovation. Uh, you know, for us, since we've put back innovation at the center of everything we do, we, we've been able to gain momentum tremendously. So it's a different type of work to be in the innovation business. We're not in the, only in the reward business. We're in the reward innovation business. I like that. So marketeers tend to forget that the main point of marketing is to differentiate. So if marketers are all doing the same, okay, where's the differentiation? And that's where innovation can bring you a certain level of differentiation. We also realize that 
at the time, oh, actually, that our new company name was probably our best asset today because it actually says what's written on the tin, as we said. I'm say, I don't know if you use that expression in the US, but you know, we reward the world, meaning in all the different type of markets in all different type of countries. And the concept is very well understood. So that was a big realization. You know, we tried to rebrand before. We never managed to do it because of internal uh, resistance. But actually, that was probably one of the best decisions we've made since last year. And also, we realized that the best people to talk to about the future was our customers. Mm. Customers use our service. They know the market better than most. And of course, every year we present them a roadmap. And then we ask them what new innovation you're interested more than other. So that gives us a good priority list. And, you know, to give you an example, we feel we have a strong responsibility towards our communities. So we feel it's important to give back. So I was talking to one of our clients. I said, you know, we want to bring a solution to give to causes and charities. Mm. We're working under a UN program for that. So we could select the best charities and causes, which each client can select. I said, do you like that idea? Thinking, nobody can say no. (laughs) And actually the client says, it's a great idea. But when we've tried it, we've discovered that people giving to charities in, in our environment are people who want to leave the program. Mm. And that was a very unexpected. And then, you know, we have other type of clients, for example, in Africa, you know, say, what's the best rewards option we can offer your clients? And of course, it was a category we didn't have, which was airtime top-up. 95% of the mobile market worldwide is in prepaid. So it's not a case in the US and in Europe where it's only 25%. So all these people who most of the time don't have bank accounts, so they can't have contracts because they don't have a credit card or debit card, they live with their phone. So airtime top-up was the best value item rewards we could provide them. Yeah. So that's it. We've launched that last month on a global basis. That was a pretty good success. That's a good definition of your innovative approach. Yeah. I like that. In our earlier conversation, Denis, you basically you self-identified as a troublemaker. What does that mean to you? Yes. Um, well, you know, as far as I remember, I was never interested in being like everybody else. So, you know, I have two daughters in their teenage years, they all want to be like everybody else. I actually have never been like that. Okay. Well, yeah. And there's good reason I can explain maybe another podcast why I became like that. Everything I was looking for had great plan, but I wanted to find solution to great ideas. You have to challenge the status quo. You want to be different. And if you challenge the statute code, then you need to put your act where your ideas are. So I had to challenge, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it didn't work. But overall, 
that actually what made me happy. Good stuff. So final question, Denis. Yeah. What makes you tick? What make me tick? <laughs> wow. You know, I still love innovation. You know, I took, uh, spent probably 25 to 30% of my time on talking to people where I have no idea if their idea will come to fruition. But if one out of 50 or 100 come to fruition, and, you know, of course, I'm thinking about these, their ideas in the context of the business I have today, then, you know, it's a win. And then that will allow us to be a step further than anyone else. The other thing that may take take is that, you know, I run a global business. So you meet a lot of people with different mindsets, a different culture. And I think that's very fulfilling. I, you know, I never judge people for wherever they're coming from and the ideas they have, but everybody has something interesting to share. You know, people need to follow their dreams but they need to follow their dreams. Then if their dreams is in the business side, they need to understand that, you know, the idea is only, there's plenty of people uh, who have ideas. You know, in France, we tend to say that symmetry are full of people with great ideas. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and, and that's true. There's plenty of good ideas, but the execution at the end of the day is key. Yes. Uh, you know, in, in some business, we say distribution is the key, but execution of whatever you do is the key. And nowadays, the technology go fast enough that it's as important the speed at which you deliver something, a product or service and innovation, than the innovation or the product itself. Right. We've changed our infrastructure to be able to deliver to do a release per month. So we have 12 releases a year, a significant release, but that's a different architecture of company. Yeah. I think you nailed it. You got to have both. Exactly. Learn more about Reward the World and Denny Ure at rewardtheworld.net. From there, you can follow them on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Well, Denny, thank you. This has been great. Thank you, Steve. This has been a Trouble Group podcast. Learn more about us at troublegroup.com. If you're a troublemaker and want to be on the podcast, email steve at troublegroup.com.